Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old muck of Venus. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. I spy with my little eye. This episode is sponsored by Andy McKay. To be more like Andy, go to patreon.com, search for Joe Marler Show and become an official sponsor today. You're listening to The Marler Show. It isn't on the radio. It's a podcast, fool. You listen anywhere you go. The Joe Marler Show. Intro dot dot dot. I am Joe Marler and this is Tom Fordyce. Welcome to The Joe Marler Show. Do you know what else this is, Joe? What? This is such a happy day. Do you know why? The 13th? No. Well, yes, but not really. Thursday? Joe, reach out. Reach out your right hand. Touching you. Touching me. We're, We're back, back together. together. Ba, ba, ba. We're Got no longer on a zoo. Do, 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 do. Bum, no, bum, no. Bum. I see your face. Yes, yes, yes. I could touch it if I wanted to. Please stay away. <laughs> it's brilliant. We're back. We are back. We are back. We are back in the studio. That's how that song ends, no? I think so. Okay, yeah. Well, so it, Neil Diamond wrote it. It is wonderful to be back. It's wonderful to see you in person. You look dashing. Have you lost weight? Uh, have you had a haircut? Uh, is that a new top? Excellent. Your eyes are looking beautiful. All these compliments are absolute bollocks. What has happened, uh, what has happened to your nose? It, yeah, I've been bitten by a, uh, a scorpion um, because I went down to the bottom of my garden... And I was helping Maggie build a den. And we found this nest of scorpions. And I didn't know what to do. The first thing I'll do, Maggie, is I'll sniff them. And I will make sure that they are scorpions because they have a particular smell. Is it, is, when you smell a scorpion, are you looking for the winds of change? Is that what you're... Oh, God, I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea that we're back in person because we're getting all giddy. We've gone a bit giddy, oh, haven't we? Oh, it's so excited. Yeah, anyway, someone took a chunk out of my nose at the weekend. Ouch. And uh, it's 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 a shame, really. In fact, it's not a shame because I'm butters as it is, so it doesn't really matter. It just adds to the mystique, doesn't it? Is it going to be scarring across that mighty nose of yours? I just don't envisage a time of it healing. Mm. 
like every day it's splitting oh, and yeah. you know boys are taking great pleasure in seeing me <laughs> piss blood out my nose <laughs> um bear in mind that i usually take the piss out of everyone else so they like it when it comes back to haunt me so yeah it's are nice. you are you leaking on the pillow no my ears are leaking on the pillow daisy hates it hates it I said, well, just why don't we buy a black pillowcase? You know, the thing. And she went, that doesn't match the set, does it? And I don't want a black pillowcase, thank you. I'm like, okay, well, you keep having stained pillows. Anyway, what's new with you, Tom? Nothing, Joe. Wow. My nose is the same as when you last yeah, saw I'm it. Yeah, I'm just looking you up and down. You've got a lovely starry jumper on. Joe, by the time this particular episode comes out, people can hug. Do you know that? They can hug legally. No more, no more arrests for hugging. I wasn't actually aware that it was illegal to hug. Yeah, but did. it does make sense that my wife hasn't wanted to come anywhere <laughs> near me for. <laughs> so that's probably why she's been. Do- yeah, she's that was been, strictly a legal yeah, thing. Yeah, she's been sticking to the rules. Yeah, she's really a stickler. Strict. Okay, she's. <laughs> Joe, we've got a little bit of light business to discuss. Um, your documentary came out last week. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? I'm guessing from your face, you don't. Uh, still gives me feelings like that. It's gone down well, though, hasn't it? It's weird when you say, oh, you've, your documentary. It, I mean, it's not just my documentary. No. It was loads of people put a lot of effort into it, but the big idea was Grey. Grey Hughes, the director, who's a good friend of mine. And uh, uh, it has gone down well. It has seems to have gone down well. There's been positive feedback. Um I just didn't... I feel a bit better. I still don't know how I feel about it. I I was worried. I was worried. Uh, I hadn't seen any of it until it came out. And then even before that, I was like, well, I'm not going to watch it. Daisy was like, well, you are going to watch it. I said, no, I'm not. I don't need to watch it. I'm not watching it. She was like, what? Why are you being so weird? I was like, oh, God, because I know what's in it. I know what's in it. And I'm just going to sit there and cringe. But... Uh, she said, look, just remember why you were doing this. You, you didn't just do it. Well, you did it for two reasons. You did it because you, want, you wanted to help yourself. You wanted to go and meet these people to help where you were at in your life, where I'm at in my life. And in the hope that because Grey's filmed it um, and put it out on a platform for people to watch, then there might be one or two that it resonates with. And they go, oh, okay, that feels a lot like the way I feel. Okay, maybe I should go get help. And so she reminded me of that, and I went, yeah, you're right, that's why we're doing it. And luckily, there's been one or two that got in touch, you know, close teammates as well, and and mates that have gone, I really enjoyed the show, I'm going to go get some help myself. So there you go, I don't know what else to say anymore. (laughs) I was going to come out with a trite and stupid response, Joe, along the lines of how magnificent you looked in swimming trunks and a pink swim hat. But I can't do that, and I'm going to briefly slip into seriousness and say, well played, Joe, and I'm going to bump fist with you. Oh, my. that's really kind of you. Thank you. Uh, it was like a good two years um, in the planning and making of it and uh, to get a fist pump off of Tom Fordyce has <laughs> uh, really justified the word. <laughs> <laughs> now, one other little bit of business, Joe... Um, documentary club out next week for our Patreon subscribers and uh, our documentary that we will be watching is a Marlon Brando documentary called Listen to Me Marlon now I have seen it amazing documentary have you got a Brando in the locker? Mm. 
quite visual, this impression. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Listeners, Joe's doing some excellent Brando Godfather cheeks and hand gestures, which you can't see. Yeah. <laughs> this is... Uh, this is familiar. This is... We're familiar. We're familiar. We're familiar. We're familiar. You don't fuck with Mickey Blue. And Mickey, Mickey Blue don't fuck with you. You know? I once... <laughs> I once saw some, I can't remember where, about him, about Marlon Brando, and his, the technique he used was he would scratch his face, he'd, stu- he'd stuff his cheeks, wouldn't he? With, with cotton wool. With cotton wool. To get the, you know. And then he would scratch his face with his third finger. What's your third finger? One, two, three. What do you call your third finger? Ring finger? Your ring finger? I said that because yours has got a ring on it, so okay. it was easy. Um, apparently, yeah. And then if you watch it back, he just scratches his face with his ring finger. I was like, well, that's a weird like to get into character. And I've now said that out loud, realising that some people will listen to this and go, this is such a fucking shit podcast. <laughs> I need to turn it off if this is what I'm getting. Sorry. Anyway, I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about Marlon Brando. You look incredibly smug. Always or specifically just around now, this documentary mainly because you've seen it so i've got to find some time in a hectic house with a hectic job to try and slip in an hour's worth of uh, an arrest is it longer it's good though the reason i watched it joe you'll be familiar with we didn't start the fire another podcast from crowd network can't help yourself can you and we had a uh, obviously marlon brando is mentioned by billy joel so i did a little bit of research so to be honest, that might be the reason we've chosen this, to make it slightly easier for me. I'm sorry, uh, you'll have to watch it too. Okay, because you've already mentioned your other podcast that's successful and nothing like this, uh, I'm going to say, can we just get on with the show? Because you're going to mention other podcasts that you do rather than this one. Can you concentrate on this one? Let's get on with the show, please. Yes. Thank you. Our guest today is a wine connoisseur. Slash wine consultant Libby Zietzman Brody. Welcome. I think did I get that right? Did you I did, get the name right? Nailed it. Thank you. Okay. So my first question is in at the deep end. Mm-hmm. What is that in front of you? This is wine. I know it's exciting. I did wonder uh, what those things to... in bottles were. <laughs> so is that a really stupid question? It's a, no. I think it was. It's fine. Jane. No, it's okay, two thanks. bottles of wine I have brought today. One white, one red. Um, for the people who cannot see this. Um, and there are two bottles that are, are companies that I'm particularly passionate about, um, or wines I'm particularly passionate about. One of them is a South African Chenin Blanc. South, uh, Chenin Blanc is South Africa's uh, premium grape, the one they grow the most of. Um, South Africa's had a really shocking year because uh, the government banned alcohol three times. That's the what? sale... The, the like basically you couldn't have it in your car you were fined prison it was insane um which led to like, hundreds of millions of pounds being lost to the economy but of course it affects the poorest people the people who are picking the grapes harvesting the grapes um so there's been bread lines the employment rate up that went up 30 percent um it was it was it's just been really really shocking it's going to take them a very long time to recover so basically the more south african wine you drink at the moment the more you are actually helping 
the economy as well as your own palate. So just, just to clarify, by drinking the bottle of wine that you've brought, Joe and I are helping people. Yeah, you're polishing your halo. So, so, so all means. we're doing, Joe, is all we're doing by drinking this delicious wine that Libby's brought is we're just doing it to help people. That's how you're justifying it, is it? Yeah, when is I that, get home on yeah. the train later. Murph, it was work. It was Honestly, work. it was work. And charity. Oh, God, yeah. you, you stink. Don't breathe on me. You smell like alcohol. Oh, it was work. It was all in the name of work and charity. I'm saving the world <laughs> one glass at a time. Hang on, so they banned all alcohol. All alcohol. So people have been doing lockdown without any booze and any cigarettes. Why? Um... Well, because they thought, which, you know, there is some truth in this, that alcohol makes reckless behaviour and spread COVID. Um, You've met um, Joe before. But, you know, it also had a big repercussions on actually people's livelihoods. And I think general frustration, if you're used to having a drink or a cigarette and then you have to go cold turkey for a year. So um, that's, a, that's a South African wine, yeah? Yeah, this is and a South African And you just called it a what? A, mon- a Chaman? It's a Chaman Blanc. Why is it French? Why is it called a French name then? Oh, well, Chaman Blanc is grown in two main places. One is the Loire Valley in France. And um, I think that's actually where it came from originally. And South Africa, but it's the most popular grape in South Africa. And personally, I prefer a South African Chaman. Is that because of the altitude or something? Or the air the is heat. better? It's hotter oh, there the and it makes it riper and fruitier. Whereas a Loire Valley Chenin is tends to be, if it's a cooler climate, your wines will generally be leaner, more mineral, more crisp. Whereas if it's a hotter country, you're generally going to have more fruit, more body, more booze. Joe, this is good. We're learning already. I'm going to do the opening. I'm sorry, I already cracked it. But um, I'm opening the wine now because I thought it'd be best to pour it. While you're opening that wine and pouring, hopefully, a glass full of this, um, I noticed, Libby, it has a screw top lid. Yeah. Oh, does that mean it's cheap? <laughs> does it? Yes, it does. Does I'm it? doing this for free? No. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's a common misconception about screw caps. You can have excellent wine in screw cap or cork. Uh, cork was a traditional method because it, it, that's the only old way that you could age a wine because it allows a tiny little bit of oxygen into your wine as you're aging it and screw caps didn't but they've actually changed screw caps now um, so it does allow a little bit of oxygen through and you get some amazing wines with a screw cap it's a big debate people can get quite snobby about it it's a big big debate about how long you can actually age a screw, screw cap wine for but as good a wine can be in a screw cap Right, can you talk me through how I'm meant to drink this well, because... firstly, well done what? With the holding of the stem, this is the first Oh, is there thing. a rule on that? There, there is a reason that wine glasses have stems on them. Um, so you should only ever is, hold it am by I the hold stem. It, is that the stem? No, you hold it either by the stem or the base, but you never hold it by the bowl. And there are many key reasons for that. What? Why? Well, firstly, if you hold it by the bowl... You can get sticky prints all over it, and mm. no one likes that if you Instagram horrible. photos. No one, no, no one likes a sticky print. No, no one likes a sticky um, print. Also, if you want to inspect your wine, it will make smudges, so you can't see it properly. Uh. But mainly, it's to do with temperature. That wine is such a delicate. Um, it really is a delicate product. That it's it's thought that even the heat of your fingertips or hand will warm that wine sooner than it should be and you'll be drinking it not at the right temperature and therefore you won't be having the best experience and also for anyone who does know about wine you'll just look like you don't I'm finding it slightly weird Joe because we're both holding our wine I feel really awkward holding it yeah <laughs> my arm's getting quite heavy I'm finding it very very difficult not to drink it but I'm worried that I'm going to break some sort of rule that Libby is then going to tell us about no. by simply Do drinking you have the to wine like, like no. with white wine yeah do you have to like swill it what swill it? Swill it in your mouth. You can swill it if you like. No, no. What uh, do you have to like? Uh, shake it. What is that? Shake it. it. Circle it. <laughs> what am I doing? Swirl. It? Swirl, Swirl it. Swirl. Swirl it. <laughs> Swing um, it. You just just tits. swig it. Really. Um, no. Basically, with any wine apart from sparkling wines, because then you'll get rid of the bubbles. 
It's a really good idea. The four S's. There are the four S's for tasting wine. There's C, because if you look at a wine... That's a C. So... Oh, so oh God, it. that's so bad. I thought she said C. I'm sorry. C. So you see, so that will help you see if your most conventional wines are clear because they, they've been filtered. So you should, if you're drinking a conventional normal wine, there should not be a haze in it. If you're drinking a natural wine, there will be. If there should, so you want to check there's no wine faults like haze if you're not expecting it. And you can tell things like the age of a wine, the wine making. But you don't really need to do that unless you're doing a blind tasting because it's all there on the bottle. So who cares? So let's move past looking mm. and go straight on to, then you swirl it. And you can do it in the air if you're confident, or you can do it on just on the base. And I'm go, I'm, I'll go high. I'm not confident either. I'm just going to like do two hands. That's perfect. A two-handed like swirl, like a like a pepper, like I'm grinding a pepper. You've gone safety first. I've gone high where I'm going up by my face. I wonder what this says about both of you. Mm, exactly risk. Living. I'm risk averse. Are you? Does that mean you don't like risks? Yeah. I yeah, I don't. I don't like risks. Don't like risk. No, I play it and, safe. And you go for rugby as a. Yes, yeah, that's more of a stupid decision than anything it's a else. Very, yeah, it's very violent. And not a, a huge amount of choice. It was either okay. turfing or rugby. <laughs> and I tried cool. turfing. It's just I really get really bad tan, like sunburn and that. So right, now I, I see why you made that cool. So the second yeah. one was what? S- so you smell. do the swirl. Swirl. So, so C-swirl. C-swirl. So the swirling, that basically gets a little bit of oxygen into your wine and it's obviously been closed in the bottle for a while so oxygen helps you sort of like well the red wine it's going to help its tannins just relax and whoa, mellow a bit whoa. tanning tannins Tan- tannins that's only in a red wine not in a white wine okay we'll talk about that on the red but yeah you swirl it around get all those aromas going and then you want to have a little sniff now if you've got a big hooter this is probably i've got quite a small nose why did you say if you've got a big hooter and then you look directly at me <laughs> like, <laughs> i think we know okay why. fine that's absolutely fine <laughs> what i usually find with most glasses actually is that my hooter doesn't fit in most of them so i have to extend my neck back so i find it really i've, I've got a small nose and it really helps me to put my nose to the rim so i like to put my <laughs> nose to the top of the rim what you really want to do is make sure your nose goes past that rim though yeah <laughs> <laughs> So just, just put your nose past setup. the rim, come on. I'm sure you've done this before, Jack. Oh, gosh! <laughs> right, so I put my nose in. Yeah, past yep, the rim. Past the smell rim. it. Give it, a good, give it a good sniff. Smells mm. like... Smells, <laughs> smells like wine. Oh. Hang on, God. how do you go... How do you... Okay, so basically... How do you like determine what, what, what you're, smelling? you're smelling? Apart from, like, I go... You'll find that, that smells like white wine to me. Well... You'd be completely right. Yeah, but like, how, do, how do you go? Well, that's got a really uh, uh, apricot uh, tang oh, to like it. Like a or, t- typically does. Yeah. Um, so basically, what you do is, I basically go through a list in my head because you've got primary, secondary, and tertiary flavors of in a wine and aromas in a wine. Primary are the scents that the grape actually has. So they have, um, and that's generally going to be floral, fruit. So, for example, if you smell this wine. And first you think florals, you might think, do you smell any blossom, honeysuckle, elderflower, chamomile, anything like that? Then you go fruit. So you want to think citrus fruits, do you smell lemons? And if you do, is it like sharp lemon or is it ripe lemon, oranges, grapefruit? You'll think of these as things when you taste them as well. Then you've got green fruits like apples, pears. Then as a as a white wine generally gets riper, you'll get more peaches, apricots and then you've got tropical fruits like pineapple mango so you sort of go through this in a list in your head and see what you can smell and then taste tom what do you smell well it's made me realize joe that list that libby has just given us has made me realize how uh, suggestible i am because 
Libby, every just go through one of those lists again, and so I'll, I'll tell you what I could smell. Blossom. Yes. Apple. Yes. White lemon. Yes. Peaches. Yes. Do you know what? All of those are correct, though. So <laughs> you're amazing. Um, you're actually amazing at this. It's, it, also, I do think people can get a bit het up on the smell and taste of a wine in a sort of wanky way. Am I allowed to swear? That's absolutely fine. Fuck you, one. But yeah, in a quite wanky way. I think because actually... Uh, most of what you taste is what you smell and, ever, and also it's all connected to your senses and your brain and people have different memories and different associations so someone will smell a wine and be like oh that smells like a beach holiday um, because they're picking up some salt and someone else will go no it smells like my nan's house because she used to have really salty fish and chips or whatever and that's just as correct do you know that's just that's just as right it's what you yourself wine's a personal experience so it's, it's basically the more you drink and, and smell it and taste it the more you'll learn what what you recognise, what you like, and that's the important thing. That's why you should all drink tons of wine. I don't know about you, Joe. This is the longest I've ever held a beverage without drinking it. Long I've already so- just sipped it. I'm yes. sorry, I went for it. I'm, I'm, should we do it now? Let's dive in. Okay, so now you have to do something that's really sexy. I totally advise you do this on any date or fancy occasion. When you've got it on your in your mouth, mm. on your tongue, <laughs> you it already. Get it in your mouth. Get mm. it on your tongue. Mm. Right there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Hold it, and then I want you to purse your lips, open it just a little bit, and suck. Suck some air over the water like this. Like this, ready? Is that a sexy noise? <laughs> it is. You look great, don't you? <laughs> Joe, look, you look like a lemon you up your swallow? ass. <laughs> Are you going to swallow or spit, Joe? It's the age-old question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you've slurped yet, have you? You haven't managed to slurp? Yeah! Okay, we'll, we'll call that a practice. Right, so, all right, the four S's, ready? Yeah. So, C. Yeah. I see you. Yeah. There's actually, there's a little a... bit of jib in there. I'm sorry. Mm. See it? Swirl it, swirl it, swirl yeah. it, swirl it. Swirl. Yeah, excellent double-handed swirling. Smell, just over the rim. Mmm. Mmm, I smell. Rim smelling. <laughs> I smell summer. Uh, I smell headache. Wine gives me red. Well, white wine gives me headache, and then I, I sip. Is it sip? Is fourth the sip? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then you want to do that slurpy thing. <laughs> I'm not joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to do it without. That's coughing. hard if you yeah try not breathing it in. Okay. Well, that's just another fun thing to practice at home when you're not around people. And basically, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. We've definitely lost some listeners from this. They're going to be like, "Oh God, this lot are so weird." They're just, They're just ASMRing the on, I mean, shit can, out of the mics. In the, when you're when you've got that, it's more oxygen. Basically, you're doing you're, you're getting more oxygen into that air and aerating it in your mouth, and you're slightly warming the wine on your tongue, and that's going to bring out e- even more of those flavours. Probably similar to the ones you've smelt, and they're going to come out even more. And there are other things you can taste as well. And like tell from a wine as well. This is when we're going to get drooly. You ready to drool? Mm-hmm. All right. So take a small sip of your wine, mm-hmm. swallow it, close your mouth. This is key. Swallow your wine, close your mouth, and then tip your head forward. And if you find that saliva is running forward into your mouth, how how low are we getting here? Joe, you're under the table. Mm-hmm. We've only had a half a glass. Hey, what? What's? Why am I down here? Is this? No, a you, no you just you just bend. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say bend from your it. middle. Oh, bend, bend, just bend your head like this. Yeah. And then you, if you're drooling into the front of your mouth, well, it depends on that. 
the more you drool, the more acidic that wine is. Sometimes you can't always tell that wine is acidic because it's got beautiful balance of sugars and fruit flavours. But if you if a wine is acidic, that will really help you know what to pair it with. Because, for example, uh. if it's more acidic, you could go, it will go really well with like a seafood dish covered in tons of lemon, or it'll go really well with like a fatty pork belly where the lemon acidity will like cut through it. So that will really help you with any food pairing. The other thing to think of is the heat at the back of your throat is how alcoholic it is. Or if you hold that wine for a few seconds on your tongue, if it starts to tingle, the more it tingles, the more alcoholic it is. I don't know why I'm raising my hand. Please, please, please. please, please, please. <laughs> but, uh, it's been a while. It's my natural teacher behaviour, obviously. Um, so I'm guessing this is quite alcoholic because my back of my throat's burning. Yeah. What... But it's not like it's not like a beast. It's like what's a beast? What's a, like the beastie like four, white wine alcohol? Fourteen percent would be. It'd be rare to find a white wine that was fourteen. But fourteen is high. Yeah. Fifteen is like nearly like you're getting to fortified territory. That's madness. This is thirteen. So this would be classified as a high booze. Um, and then wine. what's the, like the weakest? Eleven is seen as pretty low. And sweet wines, they they'll generally the way the alcohol is made. The way that wine is made is that the yeast eats all the sugar and then dies um, and they convert the sugar into alcohol and then they die and basically some sweet wines stop that process so they it retains the sugar but that means it's less alcohol so you described it much better than the science description i've got written down which is uh, wine is an alcoholic drink made from fermented grape juice yeast consumes the sugar in the grapes and converts it to ethanol carbon dioxide and heat yeah and actually i was really surprised because i didn't know that until i started learning about wine that it creates not only alcohol but co2 so every wine creates bubbles but all still wines get rid of that because they don't want it in it and the still the sparkling wines are the ones that retain it on the way to the studio today uh, i went to the sainsbury's local at euston am i keeping and- this hidden you can just pass me, Joe. So, and I found Libby the cheapest wine on sale in Sainsbury's local. Yum. Joe, would you like to describe the vessel it comes in? Okay, so this is the cheapest wine which you paid how much for? Two pounds twenty. That's still quite pricey for yeah. a how many? train station prices. It's train, yeah, train station price is one hundred eighty-seven milliliters. It's twelve percent, and it, I would describe it as a miniature Guinness glass am i allowed to know which country this comes from all it says on it is mini vino which initially oh. i thought was italian but now this i realize just means small wine this is truly small wine Hang on, yeah but that's small wine a... in italian hang on it's got to have something on it ciao joe you're yeah, like yeah, a no, it's mini vino mini vino it's italian you know what also it's vegan uh i did guys i told that i i, I knew that just by tasting it what no, I... uh, <laughs> what hang on how does a wine not how does a how does it be a vegan wine oh because um what I was saying about the conventional wines, like to be clear, to do that, because wine has all the sediment in it naturally and, and it groups here, you fine it and you filter it. And generally a fining agent that they use is typically things like egg white that will make stuff stick together. They have used fish, bits of fish, fish skins <laughs> or something in the past, bits of fish. Um, so actually there are you're really, non You're really selling wine to me now. Wine oh, is just... The best way to get vegan. a really clear wine is to shove a loads of bit of, just bit fish, of fish in it. Right and in it. you'll be sweet. There you go. Oh, okay. All right, so am I tasting this? It sounds as if Tom is forcing this upon you. When you're pouring a wine, always pour it to the widest part of the glass. That's why if you go to really fancy restaurants, they have these massive glasses, and the waiter pours what you look like a teaspoon. You're like, excuse me, pour the rest, rest, mate. Um, It's because the widest part is where the oxygen hits. So that's... But you can't really... And you can swell that, but you can't really swell this. I'm just going to go... I'm just going to stick my... If I stick my nose in the rim, it's going to get wet. This is fucking appalling. I shouldn't be allowed to do stuff that's recorded. Mm, that is 
shit. <laughs> is go, it th- that go, through your, go through your mental list. <laughs> okay, so my me- okay, all right. So it's 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 obviously. <laughs> is it definitely wine? <laughs> I'm not sure. Let's let's find out. It's a bit like. Do you know what? It smells a bit like Ribena. No it's bad got, thing. It's got lots of red fruits on it, um, which would make sense. It's a it's a it's a Merlot. So it's got. It's got <laughs> <laughs> it's got red and black fruits. It's obviously not that complex. If you only pick up like one or two things, it's generally seen as quite a simple wine. Now, simple doesn't mean bad. It just means not not excellent. Um, <laughs> simple doesn't mean bad, but it does mean bad. <laughs> okay, so there's literally no grip there at all. No there's grip. Like, there's no tannin particularly. It's really, which is in a way better than a really tannic wine if it's cheap, where they've picked the berries too soon. It's all a bit raw and harsh. So at least that's very drinkable. This is made to be very drinkable. It's quite sweet as a dry wine, um, quite fruity. I feel bad that you don't have your own that you can share with me. <laughs> well, I'm going back for you soon later, so it's only £2.20, so I can pick up another one. Be honest, was that disgusting? No, it wasn't. it wasn't disgusting, actually. It was just very... Easy drinking. Does easy drinking not mean shit though? Is that not Some sort people of euphemism? use it as a bit of a euphemism. I actually don't I actually don't believe that. I think you can have an easy drinking wine that's easy drinking because it's delightful. I fucking love a primitivo, um, which is like a southern Italian um that's also called Zinfandel in California and it's this really smooth it's a kind of rich red you can just relax into and you just have it with a pizza and it's just like an easy, unchallenging red that's just <clears throat> yeah, get in me. And so easy drinking is fine. Shouldn't we move on to the red? No, shouldn't all wine. When you say, "Ah, oh, oh, it's an easy red," it's an, it shouldn't all wine. Good wine be easy. Why should wine no. be hard to drink? No. You want it to be hard to drink. Yeah. Well, I mean, so basically, if you're not looking at it as a beverage just to quaff, and there's nothing wrong with it as a beverage just to quaff, but if you're looking at it more as a sort of almost um, this is going to sound wanky artistic experience, but you know that basically. Any wine has taken someone years of time and energy to make. You've got to plant that little vine. It takes four years at least for a vine to grow before it makes wine. You've got to wait for the wine to mature, ferment. You've got to make all these winemaking decisions. You've then got to bottle it. You've got to wait for it to be good. You've got to then try it. What if the decision you made somewhere along the line has cocked it all up and it tastes awful? You've got to start from scratch. I mean, it's a really tricky business. Oh, like you can appreciate it enjoy it as a drink and that's fantastic but sometimes it's quite interesting when you get complex wine and you're like oh why am I picking up why did the winemaker do that oh my gosh it's aged and when a wine ages like when a red wine ages you'll get flavours like forest floor and tar and earth and meat and stuff like that which sounds disgusting like why would you want to drink a forest glass floor of sounds tar quite and meat and f- yeah you're like why would you want to drink that but actually when you're trying to breaking it down like like playing Sherlock with the taste buds and going what have they done here and how long has it been it's actually quite interesting I'm just so like blown away there's so it's so complicated but so this it's just such a big world out there so it's a big world we need to have some adverts shall we quaff a bit more of this red and then come back to more of that big world in a minute shrink the box is back for a brand new season this is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional tv characters into therapy join me ben bailey smith and our brand new psychotherapist namon metaxas hi ben yes this season we're going to be putting the likes of tommy from peaky blinders cersei from game of thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama so make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music or wherever you get your podcasts shrink the box is a sony music entertainment original podcast this episode is sponsored by the locksmith, Jordan Blaylock. The Simmerman. 
Philip, Hans, Zimmer. Where there's a will, there's a way. Sam Williams. The Saint. Lewis Morgan. Oh, so proud Mary, who makes bracelets. Tom, on my first whistle. Anderson. The wily old fox, Dave Wiley. Joe, it's our only uh, Dutch listener. Mel Jalloway. Quel surprise, Richard Galloway. And just George. To be more like George, Richard, Mel's, Dave, Tom, Mary, Sam, Lewis, Hans, and Jordan. Go to patreon.com, search for Joe Marler Show, and become an official sponsor today. Right, um, those were the ads. They were fantastic as ever, obviously. Did we do them? Sometimes, I don't know. But Maybe. I, I don't know which ones they if were. If we did, then they were great. They were great. Right, so we're on red. Yeah, um, we're on red. Are we doing the four S's again? You don't have to. But you is that the... No, it. no, is that the common... Yeah, so I mean, you'd, we, want to, you'd want to look at You'd want to look at it. So C, I see C, that it's just red, it. though, and really dark. Well, yeah, so basically, if you want to see the depth of how deep your red is... How deep is your which red? generally is shows your the... Red, um, how deep all right, mate, we've all had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> a wine. <laughs> you, if, if you look over the top of your wine glass with the red, like with a white, you, you tilt it to see how the colour of it and look through the deepest part of it into the under the paper but actually yep. with the red look at the top and see the stem if you can't see the stem or your fingers around it then that's a deep coloured wine and if you if you really can then it's a light coloured wine and that's generally going to give you an impression of how full bodied or how tannic that wine is right, going to be what's full bodied mean when someone says oh well, it's got lots of body it's got to loads it. of body you've got lots of body Jan yeah it, do, what does bodied what, go on what's uh, that um, well in your mouth it's going to feel richer like more like a whole milk as opposed to water so it's got a slightly creamier feel a weightier feel in your mouth um, and that's really that's really good now Generally, no, it's gonna I, I like, pick, that's a really good description because huh. I fucking hate red top milk because well, it then, might as well just be white water and that is shit isn't it? <laughs> white water is shit white water right. is white shit water. that is so horrible and then like the blue top mm, okay so what are we, I'm looking at like a is this like a green top as in, yeah, yeah. I would say it's like a. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a green light, top. isn't it's it? A green it's top. Quite, yeah, it's quite, quite light, it's, but it's, not. So this is going to be medium tannins. Right, that tannins. Let's, let's let's talk about the tannins. Let's do that then. So it's, can we have a sip first? Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. Please yeah. do. Yeah, please, please drink it. So this is an easy drinking. Relax into it. We're doing the same technique, by the way. We mm-hmm. doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Complete with choking. I don't like doing that. Well, it's impossible not to. to choke. I can't do it. <coughs> okay. You, you obviously do not have an excellent gag reflex. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me go. Let me try again. And Joe, when you've done it, can you give me an instant reaction yep, to this will, yep, wine, yep, please? Yeah. Tastes like uh, red wine. <laughs> uh, again, you've nailed it. I'm not getting that heat at the back of my throat. And it, I could taste a little bit of yeast as well. Really? So it's like very ready, yeasty, sugary. That's what I'm getting from this one. What about you? Well, Joe, as Libby was pouring that wine, mm. uh, I looked at the bottle and I realised that I tend to buy wine based on two things. Number one, that's a nice label. Number two, what's the biggest reduction 
on that wine. It's, what, it's 40% off. That must be a great wine. I'm going to get that wine. What, that wine's eight quid and the one next to it's eight quid, but down from 14 quid. That's the one for me. I think that's um, a very common thing to do. I actually, this is actually a column I recently wrote on City AM about how we psychologically sort of buy our wine and based on price. It's always going to be a false economy if you don't actually like the wine. So it's really worthwhile you just taking the time to find out if you actually like it. So basically, here's, if, you're in a, if you're in a restaurant and you're looking at a wine list, people generally, I think we've all been guilty of it, you go for the second one on the list. So you don't look cheap Classic getting move. that first house wine. You go for the second one. But restaurants know we do this. So that typically is actually the cheapest wine on the menu. What? And it's the one with the biggest markups. You're getting your least value for money oh, if you order motherfuckers. it. So, um, yeah. So, like, they know that we all do it. It's a psychological trick. So basically, you're probably going to actually get better value by actually getting the cheapest wine on the list. I'm absolutely sure you're right. But I can just picture listeners trying to explain that to their partners. When they've gone, no, no, listen, I'm not a cheapskate. Actually, the fact that the second one is the shit one, I'm doing us all a favour here. You know, I think if they care, they should really go for the third or fourth one then. But what if they double bluff it, the restaurant, and then the third one is even shitter than the second one? So the tannin... Yes, tanning. <laughs> Sorry, we were talking... You, you Sorry. got me off thinking. So tannin is the drying sensation you find on your teeth and gums when you drink a red. Is that the thing that I feel like when I've done like a bottle, I can feel my roof it's, of my mouth like, it's dry yeah what yeah that's it's like sucking on a tea bag if you ever have done that why would you have sucked on a tea bag if you want to know what tannins were like you might suck on a tea bag okay so that's the only reason you've ever sucked on a tea bag yes i just think <laughs> but, sucking um, on a tea bag would be a bit yeah of a or bad eating, experience. The, eating the stringy bits of a banana you know and oh, it's got that yeah, like you know, you know that oh yeah 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 that's yeah to it. so yeah. that's tannin and basically tannin is really good so basically if you want to age a wine, if you have a wine, you think, oh, will this age? You want it loads of flavour, acidity, and if it's a red, you want tannin because it's like a structural building block because with time, tannin's going to decrease and mellow, but you want enough there at the start so your wine doesn't get all flabby and, and useless in the bottle. Mm, and tannins, again, you've looked at me straight away with that word. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> did not. I, I mean, I'll give you the so, nose. So we get the nose not, of it. Definitely not the flabbiness. It's fine. Um, Libby, talk, talk me through um, eonophobia. Eonophobia. Enophobia. I have no idea what you're saying. Eonophobia. I, I still don't know what you're saying. Oh, okay. Tom, help me here. O-E-N-O-phobia. Is that O-E-N-O. fear of wine? Fear of wine. <gasps> what, why would anyone be scared of wine? It's well, amazing. That's a really good point, actually, and a really shit um, question from me. How about this one then? Do you know what the oldest seller discovered was? Ooh, and you get oh. an extra bonus point for telling me where it was. I know the oldest marked place for wine making in Portugal, I believe, but I don't know a seller, I'm afraid. Okay, well, the oldest known seller was on the Titanic because divers found bottles intact. Now, now that I've said that out loud and how unimpressed your faces uh i realize that's a really bad fact to start it off so i'll go dark well yeah it was dark down but it took some lights it's they should have been fine um how about this then to get the same amount of antioxidants that you find in wine you need to drink 20 glasses of apple juice or seven glasses of orange juice in one glass of wine you saying in a bottle in a bottle mm. oh well that's great i get so many antioxidants a day that's what i mean that's why they say a glass of wine keeps you healthy the doctor 
from ringing you on Zoom because you can't get appointments in person anymore. So that's the new saying of 2020. It's such a catchy saying, isn't it? <laughs> Tom, I'm usually really good that's with facts, but I've clearly... quip right there. <laughs> you nailed it. You should be in marketing. <laughs> I've obviously fucked up with my, uh, with my facts, so I know you've got some facts. Do you want to go with some? I'm going to ask you a, a question, Joe, go and on. then I'm going to ask you a question, Libby, but I'm going to ask Joe first because he is not the wine connoisseur. What do you think was the most expensive bottle of wine... Ever. Well, I think it was um, a Jeroboam of uh, champagne, and it cost about, uh, I'd say, 1,200 quid. Libby, your answer, please. Golly, I actually don't... I'm going to guess it's from Burgundy. Joe, that's right. She's got, the, she's got the right wine, Joe. It is a Burgundy. Oh, she has already. It's a Burgundy. I, as in Ron. Um, as in Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Where's Burgundy? France? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, but I, apart from that, I, I do not know. Have a pop at the price. Oh, it's going to be something awful that makes me want to weep. Is this a a bottle? Just one bottle? One bottle. Normal of, size. Not like one of those magnums or what's like, a Jeroboam? Maybe. Huge. Huge. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to go for a million, but I might go for like. 800,000. Libby, you've won this competition because Joe's answer was so laughably incorrect. The correct answer is... 800,000? No, no, no. I don't think that's the correct answer. 558,000 American dollars for a bottle of 1945 Ron Burgundy. So I was doing it in francs, so actually I'm correct. If you buy a a bottle of wine for half a million dollars, you're not opening opening that, are you? No. So what's the point in buying it? It's like art. It's like any collector's item. You know, people spend so much on on wine from Tom Jefferson's cellar and stuff. You know, it's it's sort of having the piece to sort of look and appreciate it. I mean, it would be a, most of them would be undrinkable because they've been stored incorrectly. Hang on, so, so what's actually the, it would be so disgusting to drink, drink it. Oh yeah, probably. Like, what? This is fucking useless. At least you... with a piece of art, you can put it up on the wall and you go, oh, that looks nice. But people think wine's pretty. I mean, you just said you yeah, like but... labels. Oh, that's yeah, true. but I wouldn't pay half a million dollars for a label. Well, no. I mean, they, those people are batshit. <laughs> I mean, you could do that, or you could just buy a load of wine that you can actually drink and enjoy and have all your mates around, because there's something so brilliant about sharing a bottle of wine, you know, with family or in a recording studio. Tom, can you take a stab at the oldest bottle of wine in existence? Apparently, this is apparent, as all my facts are. I will say it, the the bottle of wine in question dates from 1896. Libby, do you want to have a go? Wow, no, I don't. How uh, 1896? That's so precise. It was precise. It was a total <laughs> guess, Libby. Okay. Was... This worries me. Every time I find a fact, it worries me. It says on my notepad that I wrote. <laughs> it says the oldest bottle of wine is from 325 AD. What? In, oh, I was in... going to go for 700 AD. Oh, so it, this is doable. If you were like the expert, I mean, again, was not get, probably drinkable. Okay, in Speyer, Speyer, oh, hello. Oh, I'm from Einsvangre. I'm from Germany. From Speyer, Germany. Oh, how do you speak? Do you want to do German? It's more anger, Joe. Yeah, it's from Speyer in Germany. Okay. Is that a good wine place? 
Spayer. I, I don't really know what you said. So, oh. <laughs> but Germany does some Why lovely. Why is my fact so <laughs> shit? <laughs> I'm but thinking I, it would taste love, like a leap from I love the German. Like German oh. wines are fantastic. Uh, so. the Ger- are Germans famous for wines? I, yeah, I only had. I only had Mosel. If you try a Mosel Riesling, that's fucking delightful. Yeah, Mosel or a Rheingau Riesling is just exceptional. In fact, if you ask most Soms, it's known as the Soms grape. Most Soms, if you had to pick any grape in the world they pick a Riesling because it's so multifaceted and it's got like you're not going to like the sound of it but it's got like real petrol with lemon with blossom notes petrol lemon blossom yeah it's really yummy I'm fucking eating some of this some stuff. I mean, drinking some of this some. I mean, you sizzler. should absolutely pick out. A, they go from dry to sweet, but if you want a dry Riesling, go for a Mosel Germany. Oof, mm. I'm actually I'm salivating right now thinking about a it. A German. I salivate wine. quite easily. Is that white or red? It's white. Oh, so you might not like it. I'm gonna get my. Go gonna keep go stick to this. your Malbecs. Oh, your Uco Valleys. Okay. Um, Libby, was wine an accident? Uh, what originally in creation? Yeah, it was. It um, they fermented. They didn't know what was going on but there was a happy accident in fact Dom Perignon accidentally created champagne he thought it was a huge mistake Dom Perignon was a monk and he spent his life trying to get rid of the bubbles little did he know he was a monk called Dom Dom he's a Dom weren't they all called Dom? Um, <laughs> weren't they all called Dom? Yeah, probably. I don't, if Dominicans but Dom Perignon is literally, Dom. that's why there's the champagne there. The, all monks were from it. the Dominican Republic. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you so, He's the Dom. You just said. <laughs> They're of the Dominican order. Don't they all have to be called Dom? Do you guys want any more? I'm so thick. So are you having a top up? Yes, please. Of the, of the red. Yes, almost as yard. So I went to um, Japan a couple of years back and like I've described, I like a drop of red mm-hmm. and we were having a few beers one night and um, I went to the barman I said, oh, can I have uh, a Malbec or a thing? And he was like gave me like a weird look. I was like is that okay? He was like yeah, yeah, this is the only red we've got and he went into a fridge and he pulled out this bottle of red I don't know what it was. And I said, yeah, I'll have that then. And he poured it straight from the fridge into my glass ice cold this was ice cold mm. red and i was like um do i have to sit here for like an hour for it to then get to room temperature or something like that and they were like no that's how we drink it we keep our red wine in in the fridge was it a, was it a full-bodied red or a light red just out of interest a full body it was like dark that's quite interesting i mean like you can chill reds like generally the lighter bodied ones should be served should be served actually slightly chilled like a valpolicella or a beaujolais or a pinot noir is it? It's nicer to have it slightly chilled. But the dark red, you need to like generally that's just unusual. leave it out on the that's side with unusual. the lid off. Is that what you do, or yeah, do you put it in like off. an aerator? You get your little mini vino and you take the lid off. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah. Generally, you like <laughs> peel back the tin foil. <laughs> just peel that seal. back. Lovely. Um, yeah, generally, um, red wine, fuller bodies red, should be served at room temperature. But obviously, that was a phrase that came in before air conditioning and heating. So when we say room temperature, we mean sort of fifteen to eighteen degrees. And decanting it generally helps it relax and aerate and become more delicious. But you can decant anything. People have these like crystal decanters and they're beautiful. But you could just get your jugs out and pour it into a jug. I'll fill the science while Joe struggles to maintain his Composure. decorum and ask Libby. Um, How often if do you, you get your jugs out? <laughs> <laughs> You've heard this podcast before, Libby. <laughs> no, I do. I do Boozy and the Beast, which I think, I'm not sure if you've seen with a with a with the next rugby player. So our show is is entirely full of generally his innuendo. But so what is Boozy, ne- what's Boozy and the Beast? A fundraiser. What is, what is it? So Boozy and the Beast is um, I was talking to my mate. We met mates with him since since uni. 
and we're talking about wine he's like you explain wine so easily like it's really easy to understand we should do little skits um, on YouTube like four minute five minutes top tips of how just anyone can drink better and understand it and they're generally quite funny they're quite irreverent they're generally a bit rude the one about Viognier got really quite filthy and I didn't want my parents to watch it um, but he's tons of fun and so it's called Boozy and the Beast uh, How to Drink Better it's on YouTube and it's on YouTube yeah it's on YouTube and it's also on um, Instagram as Boozy Beast TV oh amazing but, so we do I'm gonna, we do I'm the show go together Google Boozy and the Beast. Boozy and the Beast now. It's, it's lots of, it, is, it is lots of fun to film, except we do all the episodes in one day because we only see each other once a month. Oh, yeah, which means yeah. the last episode... Well, just don't watch the cell fights one because I'm quite clearly out of my tree. I've got one final question before we say thank you for joining us on the Joe Marler Show. And that question is, if you could only drink one wine oh. for the rest of your days, what wine would that be? That is a horrible question. Um, okay, you can. You can is have it a grape? Th- you can, can I pick can, a grape? You can have no. You can have three oh. wines. Actual specific. So wines you're stuck on a, you're stuck on a desert. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's desert island wines. <laughs> Libby, you are stuck on a island, <laughs> a desert island. <laughs> and are we going to get down for <laughs> copyright? Don't that'll be right. Okay. Um, <laughs> you have to pick three wines. My mind is going mad right now. For the rest of your life. Okay, so first off... Yeah, one red, one white, one one sparkling. Sparkling. Okay, so I know the red because I had it recently and I thought it was sensational. It was a Bruce Jack Clean Slate 2015 Shiraz. Not even sure if you can get them anymore. I think they might have sold out. But it was mind-blowing. It was one of these wines that made you go, holy fuck, what the fuck have I just drunk? I want more of that. How much a bottle? Um, not extortionate, like 20 quid. Like, it's honestly, it's Reasonable. just uh, sparkling for sort of mem- memory, for like, you know, to that help was, that was a chest beep. Yep. Uh, chest beep? A chest, chest beep. beep. It was a chest beep. Beep. Can't even talk at this point. Beep. Um, it would be the Paul Roger 2004, because that has a lovely memory for me where my husband didn't know Paul Roger and we'd all been drinking all day and we'd been given this bottle and it's like 200, 300 quid for an engagement and we had tons of Moet and Verve and stuff in the fridge and he didn't know that once so we thought it must be cheap and after drinking all day he, op- he opened it with takeaway pizza and I took a sip and thought no, 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 that's good. Even when I was hammered, I could tell. I was like, what, what is that? And he went, oh, it's this one I don't know. It's this Paul one. Roger. And I was like, oh my word. So are you saying so Paul, Paul, Paul Roger? Roger. Paul what are you saying? Paul Roger. Oh, fuck, I've been saying it wrong is, all the time. Um, Paul Roger you've been having. Yeah, I've been saying well, Paul, Paul Roger. Roger. I mean, if you can buy it, I mean, I don't think they, they care how you say it. But oh, yeah, yeah, so basically, I'll take that 2004. And if that not, then I'll Waitrose uh, Cremant de Bourgogne, which is Bourgogne. See, I can't say it either. Um, Waitrose Cremant Bourgogne. Exactly. Yeah. That one is a is a Blanc de Blanc they do at the moment. It's only like is that 10, white, 12 white? pounds. And it's like, yeah, it's it's a sparkling. It's like champ- it's champagne, it's sort of like champagne but it's just made from the Chardonnay as opposed to Chardonnay and the red grapes and it's when Waitrose and it's just I think that's really exceptional but I'll go for the Porridge if I get a Desert Island one and white wine I'm going to go with an ABC Aubon Clement, Clement um, Chardonnay from California I think I might regret that I don't know if that's my absolute choice but right now under an pressure, ABC get, he's just like larger than life winemaker in California who sort of tries burgundy styles with the heat of the Californian grape and you get these beautifully sort of rich I quite like buttery Chardonnay, but they're more elegant than some of the sort of fists of buttered oak that you get. Um, no so one I likes think a fist of buttered oak. No one likes a fist I'm of buttered oak. I'm absolutely, I'm sick to the back teeth with your buttered oak of the amount of <laughs> innuendos that have gone around t- today and <laughs> the control in which I've had to have. Even now, I'm having to say this with my eyes shut because I'm <laughs> sick of it. Grow up, 
both of you. <laughs> I've had a wonderful time, Libby, and thank you so much for coming on and uh, thank you for having me for letting us taste your wines. <laughs> letting you taste my wines. And if you don't mind, I'm going to keep my eyes closed uh, for the remainder of uh, the end. Till the end. Goodbye. <laughs> Joe, uh, Libby's left us with two bottles of wine um, in this studio. Um, can I just say that there is no final way to toast our return to the studio and seeing each other face to face than by having two bottles of wine? Um so do you, to- you do a toast now, don't you? Why is it called a toast? Sorry, you're not Libby. Oh, yeah. Um, well, funny you should ask that, Tom. It's almost like we've teed this up, um, because I told you that I knew that, and I said, <laughs> ask me in the next section. I, such, I was really subtle going Sorry, into that, wasn't yeah. I? Uh, so toasting, huh? let me just get my notepad out, because I made some notes on the train, which seemed to be a little bit um, wonky. Right, so toasting started in ancient Rome, and it's when the Romans sustained the Greek tradition of dropping toasted bread into the wine glass because that would soften unsavory tastes so basically they're drinking why don't they just make better wine they're sticking toast in their wine they're, they're putting toasted bread in their wine toasted to bread it- toast just call it toast no, Why are you no. calling it toasted bread? It's toast. No, no, because they didn't have a toaster back then, did they? No, so they didn't have to have a toast. You saw toast, toast, bread. When was the last time you toasted toast? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I've toasted bread. Right. If I toasted toast, it would burn. Okay. It's so been toasted you, already. Do you call uh, croutons toasted squares, or do you call them <laughs> croutons <laughs> what you, bake, baked squares? <laughs> so what do you call Why them? Why would I call them baked squares? <laughs> Because they're squares and they're baked. I just call them croutons. If I said you'd want some soup with some <laughs> some baked squares in it, <laughs> are we half cut? <laughs> Joe, we're at the part of the podcast where I'm going to recommend another podcast to you this week. It's Alan Cummings' shelves. The the actor amazing actor he's got a new podcast not only is it out now but there are three episodes for you to binge and they include interviews with Sirian McKellen and Cindy Lauper give me a Cindy Lauper hit we didn't start the fire incorrect is that oh I thought you want uh Sir Ian Sir Ian Sir Ian action you shall not pass cut Sir Ian Sir Ian Sir Ian Cindy Lauper uh you don't have to take your... No, that's Jermaine Jackson. Uh, ha, 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 She's got eyes like the bluest skies. Reminds me of <laughs> Guns and Roses. Oh. What about girls just wanna have fun? Girls just wanna have fun. Oh, girls just wanna have fun. That's Cindy Lauper. Future guests, Joe, include Jerry Halliwell and Monica Lewinsky. Search... Alan Cummings Shelves, wherever you get your podcast from, right now. Joe, talking of podcasts, would you like to know who we've got next week? Tom, of course I want to know who's on next week. Give it to me now. Joe, next week's podcast is about futurists. Brilliant. Somebody get some water, because I'm on fire! (laughs) 
and we'll see you next week. Bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.